This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. If generative AI, if generative AI seems too much to handle, it seems like there's too much going on and you can never really keep up, you've stumbled onto the right show, the right podcast. What's going on, y'all? My name is Jordan Wilson. I'm the host of Everyday AI. We're a daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter helping everyday people like you, like me, learn and leverage generative AI and how we can use it to grow our companies and to grow our careers. Uh, so today's is a little bit of a special episode. Uh, if you're joining us on the podcast, thank you. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, make sure to check out your show notes. Uh, some very helpful links in there today and every single day. If you're joining us live, you already see what we got going on. It is our 200th episode. Yeah, 200, 200. Zero, zero. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of talking about generative AI. We've had guests from all over the place over the course of 200 episodes from you know, your large companies like Microsoft and IBM and NVIDIA and AWS to everyday people, to, to, to small business owners, to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And today's episode is celebrating all of them and just a resource for all of you. Uh, so we're doing a little bit of a different show today. So we're going to be going over 200 facts, stats, and hot takes about generative AI to celebrate our 200th show. All right. So as always, make sure to go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for the free daily newsletter. We're not going to be going into all 200 of these uh, pieces in depth in the newsletter. We would never be able to finish it today, uh, but make sure to go there. So I'm going to give you my five biggest takeaways from these 200 different facts, pieces of news, hot takes, etc. And hey, if you're joining this live, like like Nancy, like Dr. Harvey Castro, Tara, uh, thank you for joining us, Mauricio, everyone. Uh, let me know as as we go along. You know, I do want to hear from you. What are, as we talk about all of these different things, what are some of the most impactful that either have impacted your career the most, your company the most, or you know what? We even have some brand new pieces of news in here. You know, said we weren't going to start this with the AI news like we normally do. We're just going to sprinkle some news in there. So this is, y'all, this is going to be a fast hitting show. We're going to get through, we're going to start right about now. And it's going to be fast moving. All right. So if you are listening on the podcast and you want uh, to, to, to know a little bit more about all these, again, make sure to go to youreverydayai.com and sign up for the free daily newsletter. All right. <clears throat> Here we go, y'all. We're going to go. We're going to get into our facts, stats, pieces of news, hot takes, 200 of them. And let me know in the comments, if you're joining us live, which one is impacting you the most? All right, here we go. All right, number one, AI is going to take away many more jobs than it will create. Sorry, not sorry. I'm the only one talking about this. Uh, we will lose jobs ultimately because of AI. Uh, just, hey, we're going to start it off with stone, stone cold hard facts. Number two, chat GPT prompts don't work compared to actually using them the right way. That's not how you use a large language model. 
Number three, GPT-4 is about three times smarter than the average human. Yeah, people don't understand just how capable today's large language models are. Four, AI is not new at all. It's been, it's been used in the business world for decades. Five, Gen AI can perform almost any knowledge task better than humans if you know what you're doing. Yeah, big emphasis on if you know what you're doing. Six, this is, y'all, this is a big one. I've referenced this a couple times on the show before, and I'm going to spend a couple extra seconds on it. So a McKinsey study showed that Gen AI may automate up to 70% of what employees spend their times on today. Think of that. If you're a business owner, uh, if you're just starting off in your career, whatever it may be, think generative AI may automate up to 70% of what employees spend their time on today. (laughs) Yeah. If that doesn't catch your eye, catch your ear on today's episode, I don't know what will. Let's keep it going. Seven, 65% of generative AI users are millennials or Gen Z. Eight, piece of news here. Google is getting rid of BARD. Don't worry, but they're just calling it now Gemini. So it may be updated this week with Gemini Advanced, Voice Chat, and the first debut of Ultra. So when they first rolled out, you know, back then, Google Bard uh, using Gemini Pro. So we may see Ultra this week, but you're not going to see Bard anymore. So they're getting rid of the Bard moniker and just going with Ultra. A little confusing, but uh, hey, Google's Google's trying to get their, get their AI game together. All right, number nine, the North American Gen AI market holds a 41% revenue share compared to the rest of the world. 10, some of the biggest players in Gen AI are Microsoft, OpenAI, Google, Anthropic, Midjourney, Running, Runway, Hugging Face, Lightrix, Glean, Stability AI, Descript, Inflection, a- Inflection AI, Cohere, Adobe, IBM, and Amazon. Yeah, so if you hadn't heard of the big names, there they are. 11, ChatGPT has more than 180 million users. Oh, got that one in there, double. Hey, this wouldn't be complete if there wasn't one or two errors. That's how you know it's done by humans. All right, 13, Microsoft 365 Copilot was the first major product that brought Gen AI to the desktop. All right, uh, 15, after only eight months of use, 70% of Copilot users said they were more productive. 16, 68% of Copilot users said it improved the quality of their work. Yeah, if you didn't, if you missed this, uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot was the first big splash of bringing generative AI to the desktop. Uh, 80% of customer service positions will be using Gen AI technology this year. All right, 18, countless workers are using Gen AI systems on different computer when their work blocks access. We're calling that second computer AI. Yeah, if you're a business owner out there, a director, and if, you, you know, if you're remote, work at home, your employees are using AI on a different device, even if uh, your company has barred it for some reason. <laughs> Bard, like Google. 19, micro learning and personalized learning with AI is already reshaping learning and development in education spaces. 20, AI enabled robots have already been appearing in US workplaces. Yeah, they're here. 21, large language models are technically just really advanced autocomplete, but very powerful if you are skilled at prompting them. Y'all, we always say when you start a new chat, as an example inside ChatGPT, that chat bows no. Th- it knows both nothing and everything. And the output depends on you and your skills and the time you put into it. 22, early Gen AI movers will likely gain market share and even acquire competitors. Talked about this in our very first episode of Everyday AI. You're going to see companies that have already been on the Gen AI train for a while leapfrog their bigger competitors and probably acquire them, whether it's this year or next. 
All right, 23, OpenAI launched the GPT store in 2024, if you missed that one. And in the first month, ChatGPT users had already created more than 3 million GPTs. 25, many GPTs are easy to hack. Yeah, they shouldn't have uh, released the GPT store as easily as they did uh, and easy to copy because you can simply ask for instructions. And if the GPT, whoever built it, did not properly uh, protect it, you can just take all of their configuration instructions and more. 26, many young gen AI startups have already shut down. Yeah, already. 27, well, keep it going here. Many medium and large gen AI startups will continue to die as big tech AI releases new features. Had a dedicated episode on this one back in November on why so many AI startups are going to die and continue to die. Uh, There's no moat. So, hey, if you're building a, a startup right now and you're using AI, or if it is an AI first startup, you gotta be careful. You have to be able to answer the question, what happens if Google releases this in Ultra or in Gemini, sorry. What happens if OpenAI releases this in ChatGPT? You need to be smart in building your startup. All right, 28. The the six largest US companies are all heavily investing billions of dollars and resources into AI. 29, Gemini's Google's Gemini Pro model debuted with much controversy as its marketing release was somewhat staged. 30, big tech companies have already become AI venture arms, investing tens of, billion, uh, tens of billions of dollars in other companies. 31, the majority of companies are excited about AI, but are not training their employees. Deloitte, uh, 32, Deloitte study said 79% expect Gen AI to transform their company within three years. Also, I'd like to talk to the other 21%. Just wondering how Gen AI cannot change someone's company radically. Just means 21% of companies probably don't fully understand what generative AI is or how large language models work. All right, 33, an EY study said 73% are concerned about their organization not offering sufficient training. Another stat in there, 83% of companies claim that using AI in their business strategies is a top priority. All right, skipping now to 35, 65% of businesses say they use chat GPT. All right, maybe some just aren't admitting. All right, 36, nearly 4% of companies, or sorry, only 4% of companies have implemented AI throughout their organization. Think about that, only 4%. Top to bottom, AI implementation, only 4%. So if you think you're behind, you're not. All right, 37, 2X. So AI investments yield 2X, two times greater return on investment than non-AI projects. 38, hey, New York Times, we talked about this many times. The New York Times claimed that OpenAI used millions of its copyrighted works and they are suing OpenAI for billions of dollars. And number 40, that case will likely be settled out of court. All right, 41, the FTC is investigating big tech AI partnerships with big companies like Microsoft, OpenAI, Amazon, Google, making sure they're, you know, it's remaining a competitive landscape. So a report on that should be out in a couple of weeks. 42, Google just recently announced its video AI model called Lumiere. Also, next, next fact here, Google just released AI image capabilities within Google Bard and its image FX tool using its Imagine 2 model. Yeah, y'all, we didn't just work in hot takes and facts and stats in here. We are sprinkling in recent news. That's recent news. 44, 
Apple CEO Tim Cook confirmed that Apple will have a big Gen AI announcement in 2024. That announcement is likely going to be large language model and generative AI capabilities coming to the next generation operating system, coming to iOS 18. Uh, that is, at least now, uh, scheduled to be the announcement coming at the WWDC conference in June. 46, Samsung, hey. Speaking of that, Samsung beat them to the punch. Samsung was the first mayor player with an Edge AI device in the Samsung S24. So talked about Edge AI also pretty in-depth. That's on-device AI. 47 key Gen AI features in the S24 include Circle to Search, uh, live language translations and AI-powered images and AI-powered editing. 48 Chat GPT mentions were just released to all paid users, and those mentions allow you to work with multiple GPTs in the same chat. And here we go. We got three of them in a row. Chat GPT Teams was released in January 2024. 51. Chat GPT Teams, if you didn't know, gives users a higher messaging limit, more data controls, and easier sharing. Yeah. So uh, if you're using Chat GPT Plus, you get 30 messages every four hours. If you're using Teams, or sorry, 40, if you're using Teams, you get 80. We got to 50-ish, so it's a water break. There we go. We're back to it. 52. Microsoft in January announced new branding in its co-pilot lineup. Here we go. 53. So Microsoft Bing Chat is now rebranded to simply co-pilot. And then for Microsoft 365 Copilot, the 300 seat uh, the 300 seat minimum limit uh, for its enterprise product was removed. All right, so you got Bing Chat is now uh, Copilot. You got Copilot 365 enterprise version becoming a little less enterprise. And then you have uh, number 55 here. Microsoft Copilot Pro was introduced and announced, bringing a more personal Gen AI option to the operating system and to Mac users that use Microsoft apps. Yeah, you can, um, you know, if you have now Microsoft Word, Microsoft Outlook, Microsoft Excel, uh, et cetera, on your desktop, even if you're a Mac user, you can use Copilot Pro and talk uh, but with Copilot between all of those apps. Pretty nice. 56, Runway announced multi-brush, allowing users to add multiple points of motion. Yeah, that's a big one. 57, speaking of big Gen AI companies, 11 Labs recently hit a $1 billion valuation for a text-to-speech service. 58, the U.S. Department of Defense just updated its decades-old AI policy in January. That one was very interesting that they hadn't updated it in nearly 10 years. 59, Google Chrome just released a host of new AI features for its browsers. 60, the National Science Foundation, NSF, has teamed up with major tech players like Amazon, IBM, Microsoft, and NVIDIA to launch the National Artificial Intelligence Research Resource Pilot Program. That's a mouthful, NARR, N-A-I-R-R. <clears throat> All right, 61. Google Cloud just launched a new partnership with Hugging Face, providing more access to open source models. 62, the European Union became the first major player with hard-hitting AI legislation with its EU AI Act. All right, 63, speaking of company, uh, you know, countrywide legislation, uh, this fall, the Biden White House did release an executive order on responsible AI use. 64, Amazon just released Amazon Rufus, which helps shoppers find out more 
about products. So while you're using the app, yeah, now you got a large language model to talk to. And, you know, in case you needed more reasons to spend more money on Amazon, that'll be rolling out soon. 65, Google DeepMind researchers continue to push boundaries with large language models and their math solving and math computation abilities. So they actually, uh, Google DeepMind use large language models to solve a decades old math mystery that no one could figure out. So when you say, when people say, ah, you know, AI, it's not creating anything new. It's just copying and pasting. It's autocomplete. It's kind of true, but also not because you've had many examples of even just simple versions of large language models that we all use today, actually creating new intelligence and discovering new things, solving decades old problems. So there you go. Take that fact and chew on it. All right, 66. Meta is kind of abandoning the metaverse and shifting focus to AI. All right, so what does that mean? Well, 67, Mark Zuckerberg announced Meta was buying more than $10 billion worth of NVIDIA GPU chips. Also, 68, uh, Zuckerberg openly stated that Meta was working toward AGI or artificial general intelligence. That's essentially when AI becomes a little smarter than us and they don't need us anymore. They can just write their own code and make themselves better. So uh, now you have Meta and OpenAI as the two juggernaut tech companies openly working toward AGI. All right, 69, AI-first mega cap companies have seen significant growth over the past one year. All right, here we go. We're rattling them off. 70, Microsoft over the past year, stock price up 59%. Next, Google stock price up 36%. NVIDIA, this is not a misprint. NVIDIA stock price has gone up 213%. Oh, I told you guys eight months ago that NVIDIA was one of the most important companies in the US. No one listened. Well, except for the stock market. So there you go. Uh, All right. Meta's stock over the past year has also gone up 154%. AMD's stock, another chip maker, making all those chips we need for all those GPU chips that we need for generative AI. AMD's stock price has gone up 106%. That's a lot. All right. That's the end of our little stock roundup. But y'all, that's not normal. That's not normal. Six months, you know, having companies go up 60%, 100%, 200%. not. Not normal. All right, uh, here we go. Number seventy-five. OpenAI is already reporting one point six billion in annualized revenue, only after about a year of its main paid product. Yeah, one point six billy already. That's Billy with a B. Yeah. All right, seventy-six. Intel and the Boston Consulting Group just launched a new venture together called Articulate AI. I think we're going to see a lot more of this. A lot more of Uh, big tech companies teaming up with big consulting companies and branching out and creating generative AI research and consulting companies. All right, 77, Windows has launched a co-pilot key on its new keyboards, the first major change in 30 years. 78, Google is launching Bard Advanced. Well, now it's called uh, Gemini Advanced to compete with Microsoft Copilot Pro. So uh, Bard Advanced reportedly will be working across Google's suite of products That is, if you have access to them, I get people reaching out all the time, myself included. If you're a smaller Google Workspace user, you probably don't even have the basic AI functions in there. So as I always say, Google, let's get that taken care of. 79, new report says Gen AI could disrupt more than 200,000 jobs in the entertainment industry within two years. All right, 80, 
hallucination was named the dictionary.com word of the year for 2023. If you don't know what that is, that's when a large language model kind of makes things up or gives you a half version of the truth. And hey, you know what? You can cut down on hallucinations by increasing the quality of your input and really training a model, working with it, talking to it, and not just putting in long copy and paste prompts without much inside information that will lead to hallucinations. All right, 81, Microsoft form an alliance with the AFL-CIO in an attempt to create a dialogue on how AI will impact the the workforce. 82, the White House AI Council, formed under President Biden's executive order, held its inaugural meeting to shape the future of AI and governance. That was pretty recently. 83, hey, we're going worldwide here. Pope Francis, in a significant statement, called for a binding global treaty to regulate artificial intelligence. We haven't gotten there yet, but we have seen a lot of uh, multi-country, multinational agreements on uh, best practices for AI, and then obviously the groundbreaking EU AI Act. 84, OpenAI is actively developing tools to control and regulate AI systems that surpass human intelligence with their super alignment team. Yeah, if you heard about all that AGI talk and you're like, ah, that's concerning. Well, at least they have a team that's looking into it and trying to regulate it. So don't worry when that AGI uh, finally does happen, which we see reports now all the time. It's, you know, oh, this is the first sign of AGI. Uh, another another big p- paper like that uh, last week. So we don't actually know when AGI happens, uh, but don't worry. There's a team at OpenAI keeping their eye out for us. 85. For the first time, a U.S. government report has just identified artificial intelligence as a potential risk to the nation's financial stability. Interesting. Huh. I'm pretty sure that's one of the things I talked about on the very first episode of Everyday AI 199 episodes ago about how generative AI would actually be disruptive to the economy. It's almost like it took everyone else many months to to catch up and understand. All right, 86. Runway has partnered with Getty Images to offer a legally secure text-to-video engine. And this collaboration addresses the growing need for AI tools that protect against copyright infringement. 87, Meta Platforms and IBM have launched a coalition with with over 50 AI companies and research institutions called the AI Alliance. Yeah, this one's pretty big news. Uh, The two big partners in there are Meta and IBM, but as well as a lot of other uh, big tech companies, um, as well as research institutions across the world. So keep an eye out. I haven't seen any big news or announcements, but this was just uh, a month or two ago. So keep an eye out for this AI Alliance from Meta and IBM. All right, 88, Meta has launched Imagine with Meta, a standalone AI-powered web tool that lets users create images from text descriptions. Y'all, we cover generative AI literally every single day here at Everyday AI. And this was from a couple weeks ago, and I already forgot it. This is how much new, uh, how many new products and how much new information uh, is coming out in this space. 89, McDonald's is teaming up with Google to deploy generative AI in its operations starting in 2024. We've actually seen a lot of uh, fast food restaurant companies bring large language models to their drive-through, a little smarter conversational AI, which works much better than those, you know, kind of AI robots that they were testing for, uh, you know, drive-throughs years ago. 90, 
Meta has introduced Purple Llama, a project linked to its Llama AI tool focusing on safety tools and evaluations for responsible AI development. So it's kind of combining your blue teaming and your red teaming. That's where you get Llama Purple. All right, 91. 18 countries, including the U.S. and Britain, have released a non-binding agreement to prioritize safety in the development of artificial intelligence. 92, Pika Labs. Yeah, they're going to make a splash. They launched Pika 1.0 with a $55 million fundraising round to compete with Runway and others. So more on that here later. Speaking of big products coming, Amazon launched its Q chatbot, helping AWS customers save time with generative AI and conversational AI. So bringing all of your data from AWS into a conversational large language model. All right, 94, Amazon also recently launched its AI image generator called Titan. Yeah, so many AI image generators, it's hard to keep up. All right, speaking of new products, 95, NVIDIA recently unveiled the H200, its latest high-end chip designed for training AI models. Yeah, obviously big things coming out of uh, NVIDIA. We'll actually be there. Oh yeah, that's next month already. We'll be there at their GTC24 conference. So if you're going to be at the uh, NVIDIA conference in March in San Jose, reach out, let me know. We'll be there broadcasting maybe broadcasting live, probably broadcasting live, but also just broadcasting out there in general. All right, 96. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden and China, Pre- and China President Xi are expected to sign a deal to limit AI use in nuclear weapon systems. Yeah, that's probably a good thing, right? There's certain areas where we should always have a human, such as nuclear weapon systems. 97. Google has unveiled the AI Opportunity Agenda, a comprehensive plan for policymakers, companies, and civil societies worldwide to responsibly embrace and utilize AI. All right, 98. Uh, XAI launched its first AI chatbot called Grok inside of Twitter, now called X, and we're not sure if anyone actually uses it. Yeah, sorry, I had I had to get that one in there. You know, so many people were talking about when, you know, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, release its large language model that ChatGPT was going to go out of business. And at the time I said, absolutely, no one is going to use this uh, just because the quality of the data from Twitter is obviously not very good, right? Not very good. All right, 99. A major rum and spirits producer called Dictator did announce its new AI robot CEO named Mika. And it's more marketing than reality. We've talked about this on the show, but uh, they were kind of one of the first major companies to uh, announce that they were putting an AI in charge. Well, the checkup, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, there hasn't been a lot of news out of uh, Dictator and, and Mika. Hopefully they're still in business. All right, here we go. Halfway point, 100. OpenAI released GPT-4 Turbo and started rolling it out in partner products the past few months. Oof. All right. we Hey, we made it to our halfway point. What do you guys think? As I tap, tap in for a water break. Tara, in unrelated news, said PPP is the best. Yeah. Our prime prom, our prime prompt polish free PPP course. We got uh, one tomorrow and one Thursday. So if you want access, as always, just say PPP, message me PPP, email me PPP, we'll send it to you. All right. Hey, Josh here says that he expects a LinkedIn carousel for all 200 of these things. Well, luckily we kind of already have it made here. 
Uh, I don't I don't know if uh, social media allows uh, 200 plus page uh, PDFs. We'll find out, Josh. Maybe we'll put it out there. All right. Hey, Cecilia, thanks for this. This is our little intermission brought to you by Everyday AI. Cecilia says, can't believe that Everyday AI is already at 200 shows, yet this countdown of 200 things to know are relevantly current news shows how quickly the AI industry is changing. Thanks, Jordan, for keeping us all abreast of what is happening. Yeah. Um, Cecilia, one of the reasons why is um, I did spend a, I mean, spent a lot of time putting this together, but also I wanted to make sure to get a lot of recent news. So yeah, even in this 200 things to know, uh, a lot of these things are less than 24 hours old. So yeah, we do have everything from stats and facts and hot takes to even some recent, very recent news. All right, <clears throat> water breaks over, y'all. Are you ready? Did you warm up your coffee? We back? All right, here we go. Here's for the next 100. So 100 more things to know about generative AI as we celebrate our 200th show. Here we go. Gen AI is using, uh, so this is just simplifying it. Generative AI is simply defined as using AI systems to generate something that didn't exist before. So I tell people, think of a box, right? So a bunch of easy inputs go into the box and the box is generative AI and it spits out something much greater, something much more impressive. So, you know, generative AI systems comes in a lot of different uh, shapes and forms. You have your large language models, your AI image generators, your AI video generators, but essentially it's different prompts, text prompts, video prompts, uh, audio prompts go into this generative AI box and it spits out something much greater. It's the easiest way, but we're all now working on the explainability of that black box, right? 102 mini Gen AI models are trained on millions of pieces of copyrighted works. Yeah, <laughs> talked about this in the show many times. There's going to be more lawsuits than you can count this year. So speaking of that, 103, right now there are countless lawsuits from authors, publishing companies, artists, and other Gen AI companies. It's also related, number 104, traditional internet surfing has become unbearable. In 2024, did an entire episode on the impact of AI and SEO and all of us browsing the web. It's terrible now. So 105, many publishing companies are signing $1 million to $5 million annual agreements with OpenAI to use their content. 106, here's a little hot take. So here's the only three ways that this whole situation is going to play out. So if we're talking about these AI chats like your... Um, Chat GPT, like your copilot, like your bard, uh, all of these. Here's the only three ways it's going to play out with these legacy publishing companies. All right. Number one, lawsuits. There's going to be a lot of them. Maybe class action, maybe just tons of lawsuits like the OpenAI New York Times. Number two, paid partnerships, like I just talked about. And number three, publishers getting shut down or getting acquired. Mm. Grim fact for 106. All right, 107. It's estimated that 30% of outbound messages from large organizations will be AI or synthetic, synthetically generated by 2030. 108. Chatbots are new. The first AI chatbot was technically MIT's Eliza in the 1960s. Yeah, chatbots have been around for 60 plus years, y'all. Or almost 60 years. I think it was the mid, mid 60s. All right, 109. AI deepfakes are getting increasingly realistic. So this just happened over the weekend. A finance worker just accidentally paid out $25 million for his company after the worker was duped on a video call of all deepfakes. Yeah, 
went on a video call and it was all deep fakes talking. And reportedly this worker recognized it didn't really go into detail. That's why you gotta be careful. AI deep fakes are getting very, very good, very high quality. So it's something to keep an eye on. Not just in the presidential elections, just everywhere. All right, 110. By 2025, more than 30% of new drugs and materials will be systematically discovered using generative AI techniques. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. All right. Number 111, by 2030, a major blockbuster film could be released with 90% of the film generated by AI from the text of the video and everything in between. 112, GPT-5, whenever it is released, is expected to have better reasoning, uh, better rationale, and more multimodal capabilities. We broke that down uh, when Sam Altman went on Bill Gates' podcast and talked a little bit about what that means. 113, over the next few years, generative AI is expected to cut SGNA, which is selling general and administrative costs by 40%. Y'all, if you can't get on board with the up to 75% time or 70% time savings from the McKinsey report, how about uh, this study that showed Gen AI is expected to cut selling general and administrative costs by 40%. You don't like time? Don't like money? All right. 114, here's the top 10 Gen AI sites. Yeah, we have countdowns within countdowns. Here's the top Gen AI sites generating the most traffic. Ready? Uh, so we have ChatGPT, Character AI, Bard, Poe, Quillbot, Photo Room, Savate AI, Midjourney, Hugging Face, and Perplexity. Bunch of big names there. Hey, speaking of Hugging Face, we got to get them on the show here, but they just, this is brand new news, y'all. They just launched Hugging Chat Assistant, which is the open source alternative to OpenAI's GPT Builder and GPT Store. So yeah, if you don't know what Hugging Face is, think of it as an open source version of ChatGPT where you can go choose your model. You know, there's all of these different uh, open source models for different purposes. Some are large models, some are small models that are maybe uh, made for one specific purpose. But Hugging Chat Assistance just launched on the Hugging Face um, ecosystem there. So go check that out. 116, more than two of three say generative AI will help them better serve their customers. Got some stats now, y'all. 117, Gen AI powered chatbots are resolving customer issues with a 95% satisfaction rate. Not terrible, not terrible, right? 
118, Gen AI is writing bug free code 10 times faster than human programmers. So yeah, these uh, studies and stats are coming from a lot of different studies. Also, I'm not citing them all. All right, 119, Gen AI is assisting in drug discovery, medical imaging analysis, and personalized treatment plans, revolutionizing healthcare. Talked about that with many great healthcare guests on the show before. All right, number 120, Gen AI powered tools like text-to-speech and speech-to-text are improving accessibility for individuals with disabilities. Something we don't talk about enough is just um, how much generative AI is helping people um, with disabilities or people with um, learning disabilities or just people who learn a certain way. I think it's doing great for learning and accessibility. All right. Let's keep it going now. 121, 75% of professionals expects that generative AI will cause significant or disruptive change in their industry. 122, McKinsey estimates that generative AI could add as much as 7.9 trillion annually to the global economy. That's a lot of money. 123, generative AI liberates humans, if you didn't know this, from mundane tasks and enables you to focus on emotional intelligence, creativity, and critical thinking. 124, Gartner sees generative AI becoming a general purpose technology with an impact similar to that of the internet or electricity. Yo, yeah, that's pretty big, pretty big impact. But guess what CEO said it's actually going to be more impactful? That's Google CEO Sundar Pichai, who said that the AI will be more, said that AI will be more important than fire or electricity. If, let me just go ahead and pause. If you think AI and generative AI is a phase, if you think it's going to follow this this normal um, hype cycle and we're in this 18 months of disillusionment, I'm telling you right now, you're wrong. It's not how AI works. That's not what AI is. That's not what AI can do for us all. AI is essentially just how powerful and impactful the internet was and how we've all come to realize that and how our businesses have come to adapt to that over the last couple of decades. AI is going to do the same over the course of a year or two. Yeah, more important than fire or electricity. How crazy is that? 126, Gen AI is designing new materials with unique properties 20 times faster than traditional methods. 127, Gen AI models are predicting and mitigating climate change. Yeah, I talked about that a lot on the show by analyzing vast data sets and suggesting solutions. That's one of the huge benefits about generative AI, especially when it comes to data analysis, is that can just do so faster than humans, right? If you use the right model for the right purpose, provide the right training, it can gobble up data like I gobble up cereal for dinner just fast. You look and you're like, where did that cereal go? Same thing. You're looking like, where did that data analysis go? Generative AI just gobbled it up. 128, here's the fact, XXXXX. Forgot that one. Hey, I'm human too. 129, we'll have to give you an extra fact in there. Uh, 129, Google just upgraded its uh, Google Maps with large language model capabilities. All right, so better better natural language processing now that we have large language models uh, rolling out in Google Maps. 130, through August, more than... 15 billion AI-created images have been generated using Stable Diffusion, Adobe Firefly, Midjourney, and Dolly. Uh, that's the last official study there's been was in August. So presumably, we're looking at probably three three times that amount. I think we're probably nearing 50 billion, I would assume. All right, 131, 60% of AI musicians are already using AI to make music in some capacity. That's an interesting fact, whether they're using AI 
to mix audio, to create audio, to create lyrics, uh, 60% in one study. Pretty big there. All right, 132. By 2025, over 30% of newly discovered drugs and materials will be created using generative AI techniques. 133, 95% of developers admit to using AI to produce new code for software applications. Hey, shout out to those 5% of developers who did not admit to using AI. Love that. Going old school. All right, 134, retrieval augmented generation or RAG will be one of the most talked about AI topics in 2024. That's essentially when you combine large language models with a better way to integrate your data or your database. 135, major tech companies and universities such as Anthropic, Google, and Stanford are studying AI agents. All right, 136, explainable AI, or what some people call XAI, for generative AI models. I just wanted to say what this is, ready? So that means um, these interpretable models will emerge, allowing users to understand the reasoning behind generated outputs and to mitigate bias issues. So you're going to be hearing a lot more as more and more companies are starting to use generative AI and their companies. You're going to be hearing a lot more about explainable AI or what some people call XAI, not to be confused with Elon's Musk company, XAI. All right, 137, generative AI will be integrated into everyday applications such as spreadsheets and word processors. We're already seeing that uh, with Copilot Pro, but you know, we're expecting to see that even soon, probably whenever uh, you know, Apple updates its next um, operating system. We expect whatever is coming out to iOS for mobile will eventually make its way to their OS, their operating system. 138, 2024 will be the year home assistants finally get smart. Siri and Alexa finally getting some help from large language models. Uh, 139, multiple big tech companies and startups have been working on AI watermarking tech, but we don't think it'll stick. Yeah, much of big companies have been working on ways to watermark AI images. Don't think it's going to stick, but still uh, in the short term, probably provides a nice solution. 140, implementing generative AI in your business today is one of the hottest topics. Ready? Here we go. So 141, talking about the EU AI Act, the Hiroshima AI process, and the White House Executive Order on AI, and the White House Select Committee on AI are all great resources and guidelines for guardrails for AI implementation. So you need to know about safeguarding, guardrails, AI governance, those, the EU AI Act, Hiroshima AI process, White House Executive Order on AI, and the White House Select Committee, all great resources for that. 142, companies don't need, a little bit of a hot take here, companies don't need their own large language models in most cases, not all, in most cases, and they should instead focusing, they should instead focus on measurable wins in areas with a quantifiable impact. Y'all, I'm not kidding. I've seen so many big companies say that their first big generative AI endeavor is creating their own large language models. I'd say for the most part, that is a recipe to fail. Again, I can't say that across the board, but I think in most cases, that's a recipe to fail if your company's first big generative AI uh, endeavor is creating your own large language model. It is long to do, it is expensive, and it is hard to find the talent. 143. Sprinting toward the first measurable AI project helps minimize AI risk and tells the story of real-world results. That's the way you should be doing it. 
144, investing heavily in Gen AI education and training aligned with long-term business goals is an ongoing and iterative process. A lot of companies think that this is, you know, investing in AI is one time. It's not how it is. Think of like software updates, but think of those software updates happening like daily or weekly. You have to be constantly relearning and reinvestigating. 145, companies need to gather insights from a ground-up committee and sprint toward their first measurable AI project to achieve quick and measurable wins. This is from our uh, episode, some takeaways from our episode last week on the five simple steps to actually integrate generative AI into your company. 146, the implementation of generative AI should be approached carefully, focusing on ethical decisions and considering guardrails. Yeah, you need to take in ethical decision-making and having open, transparent conversations before you integrate generative AI, because you got to say, what happens when it works? Do we replace 70% of people? Do we try to create new jobs? You have to have those conversations. 147, generative AI excels with unstructured data and provides insights and summarization tasks well. Yeah, so obviously AI um, has been used widely in many industries, but with structured data, um, you know, that's data that can be easily categorized, but where large language models come into play is being able to quickly uh, make sense and to create new uh, content around unstructured data, right? So that's literally everything else. That's me talking. That's unstructured data. You can't necessarily categorize that. So that's where uh, generative AI and large language models really excel. 148 talked a little bit about explainable AI. Here's a little more. It's crucial for building trust with users by opening up the black box and showing them how the AI engine came up with recommendations. So yeah, if you are working in AI into your product or service with uh, paying clients or customers, you need to work on explainable AI to develop trust. 149, ethical AI implementation requires engaging with employees to understand their concerns and fears, as well as carving out intentional space for them to have a place in the company's future. 150, involving students in the development of AI policies and education here, now we're talking, with higher education is crucial for fostering a culture of shared responsibility and inclusion. 151, sticking in education, AI detection tools don't work. They're fake. They're not effective in keeping AI out of the classroom, and colleges need to find more practical long-term strategies for coexisting with AI. These tools do not actually work. There's a reason OpenAI shut their AI content detector down. Even when OpenAI announced their content detector uh, many months ago, I said, this isn't going to last because that's not how it works. I think that was in part a good marketing move uh, to show people, oh yeah, it's okay. You can use uh, content from here. Just try this AI content detector. Uh, even Open OpenAI's was, uh, I believe, 26% accurate, which as you can imagine, is much worse than a coin flip. So if you're using those, I would suggest not to use them. 153, using AI-driven solutions like ChatGPT's data analysis mod mode can reveal powerful marketing insights. Y'all, when you are using ChatGPT, make a call and say, using advanced data analysis, upload your spreadsheet, make sure there's no private information in there, nothing sensitive. But even ChatGPT, if you call on advanced data analysis, it can compute so quickly, save you so much time. All right, 154, Neuralink has reportedly successfully implemented a telepathy chip in a human brain, which enables control of technology using neural signals. Yes, this happened about two weeks ago. 
chip on someone's brain and being able to communicate with a device by the brain chip. Science fiction, no more. We are here. 155. The ground up approach when we're talking about AI implementation, that's the way you need to do it. Ground up approach means involving uh, you know, members on an AI committee from all across all different departments, all different levels of seniority, and that helps bring in transparency, safety, and alignment when your company is implementing AI. 156, more on AI guidelines, and they need to be created with guardrails for responsible use. Yeah, we've talked about guardrails multiple times in this 200 Things to Know because it's worth repeating multiple times. 157, companies should focus on quick and measurable wins. 158, large-scale AI projects are risky and may not work as intended. Yeah, again, if your first project is something big, and I'm not saying, oh, just creating your own large language model, if your first gen AI project is something huge, that is risky, your company and your employees need to build up those skills before tackling a large department-wide gen AI project. All right, you can't expect something like your first endeavor, if it's huge, you can't expect it to work if your employees do not have their paces in, right? 159, using chat GPT and a company's public data is a quick and easy way for companies to win back time. Most companies, they they just write off chat GPT and other large language models because they, you know, they're concerned about their data, which I understand. But here's the thing, y'all. So many big companies have so much of their data is public, right? Public companies have to disclose so much data and publicize it online. And so many companies aren't even aware of the amount of information they have that's online. So, hey, if you're one of the few companies that is still holding off on ChatGPT, stop it. Or a large language model, stop it, right? You obviously need to learn how to use it the right way. So you can take our free Prime Prompt Polish course. Just again, message us PPP. But if you use a large language model the correct way, and if you understand how to feed it data and how to train it, you're going to save a crazy amount of time. I even think the 70% uh, that, you know, the McKinsey study, I think it's low. I've talked about this many times before. I'd say it's easily 75 to 80%. 160, here we go. Large language models can help you make meetings more meaningful by optimizing the output and enhancing the quality of interactions within meetings. If you're not using some sort of AI assistant for your meetings, you should be. 161, LLMs can personalize long-form content to resonate resonate with diverse audiences by synthesizing extensive content and facilitating the creation of bespoke learning experiences using ChatGPT. That was a mouthful. In other words, personalized learning. Do it. All right. 162, large language models can help you read and respond to emails by parsing and responding to them, streamlining the process and enhancing communication and efficiency with ChatGPT. We had a whole episode on how you can use Gen AI to read and respond to your emails. If you're using Microsoft Copilot, you're probably already seeing this, but there's so many different tools. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to uh, include that here in the show notes. 163, large language models can give you new capabilities and competitive analysis by automating the synthesis of comprehensive competitive analysis. It's something I love using ChatGPT with plugins for, is giving ChatGPT specific URLs. It could be of competitors, it could be industry white papers, et cetera, and then having it run SWOT analysis or competitive analysis. Uh, something 
super powerful and super time saving. All right, 164, large language models can make data analysis and graphing simple by effortlessly generating analysis and graphical representations from complex data sets. Did, you know, every single day, if you don't watch our YouTube channel, um, you should go subscribe to it. But I did a five minute video once that showed how quickly ChatGPT could analyze a spreadsheet that had thousands of rows of data and to pull out analysis. And this is the same thing that a lot of management consultants do. Uh, so yeah, you should, you should be doing that. All right. 165, large language models can elevate presentations with AI-generated content by facilitating the seamless generation of content and speaker notes. 166, we're powering home. We're powering home, y'all. All right, so 166 of our 200 things to know about Gen AI to celebrate our 200th show. Generative AI doesn't sleep, take breaks, or need vacations like humans do. Not that you needed a reminder on that, but generative AI can, especially now that, you know, we're seeing agents, uh, you know, programming things on your computer, you can have AI working for you literally 24-7 without taking a break. 167, most companies outside of the Fortune 500 do not need to build their own large language models. I kind of already referenced this, but I'm just putting an actual fact statement. If you're not in the Fortune 500, there's a very low likelihood that you need your large language models. I'm not saying that you need your own. I'm not saying that you shouldn't because I can't speak for everyone, but with RAG now and the affordability of these models that everyone else is using, it's really not a great option for most companies. 168, most people have no clue how a large language model like ChatGPT even works. You know, they're not as simple as you may seem. I could talk for literally three hours about how large language models work, the process of increasing, uh, increasing your inputs, the different modes, how the different modes work, memory, tokenization across different modes. It's not as simple as just, oh, here's a big prompt I found on the internet. Let me put something in. If you do that, your results are going to be meh, not very good. Large language models are actually very complex, even though they seem very simple in a simple interface. 169, large language models, speaking of that, they don't actually read or write words the same way that humans do. So they actually tokenize everything and convert words to tokens and tokens to words. Yeah, did an entire episode on tokenization too, by the way. All right, 170, most people misunderstand that large language models can quickly run out of memory and start hallucinating. Yeah, it's usually when hallucinations occur, if I'm being honest, it's operator error right? If you're zero shot prompting or one shot prompting, you're going to get hallucinations. You need to be sharing. I tell people when you're working with a large language model, you need to narrow your scope because a 2 trillion parameter large language model is bound to hallucinate. So you actually have to narrow the scope when you use it to make sure that you are not getting hallucinations. 171, most people using LLMs assume the models know what they're talking about and skip over priming their chats. And that obviously reduces the quality of their outputs. 172, chat GPT with plugins and now the ability to at mention GPTs within plugins mode is still the most powerful Gen AI tool available to everyone, period. And it is not even close. Uh, also, yes, uh, here, bonus fact for that one I forgot, I think on 128, but it is rumored that OpenAI is going to be phasing out 
not really rumored, kind of confirmed or insinuated, but that OpenAI will be phasing out plugins pretty soon in lieu of GPTs. All right, 173, MidJourney is leaps and bounds above the other AI image generating models right now, just like how I think ChatGPT Four with plugins is leaps and bounds above every other large language model. Midjourney is really leading the pack there. 174, ChatGPT, Microsoft Copilot, and now Microsoft Bard can all produce, or sorry, Microsoft Gemini, or what do we call it now? It's still Bard today, I guess. Uh, but they can all produce AI images in the chat pane. So yes, when Bard uh, announced that late last week, I think within an hour of the announcement, we already had a tutorial video up. So if you want to uh, go check that out and how you can create images now within Bard, Copilot, and ChatGPT. 175, the AI video model space is going to heat up in 2024. Uh, talked about this, had a dedicated show on this actually between uh, Runway, Pika Labs, Google's new product, which is Lumiere, uh, Meta has their model called Emu Video. Y'all, I don't think people understand how good these models are getting and how quickly and how hard it is to tell or how hard it will be to tell uh, the difference from real to fake, especially when you can upload a photo into these video models. All right, we got our top 25. Here we go. Let me know. Hey, if you're still with me, let me know. I always like, I always like to hear who sticks around. Maybe you're, uh, you know, working and I'm just distracting you in the background. All right. Here we go, 176, Runway has been the leader in the AI video space and Pika 1.0 is trying to catch up with them As and I mentioned the other two as well, uh, with Google and Meta both announcing AI video models. So the space is gonna be pretty competitive. 178, uh, we will see full short AI generated ads being commonplace in online ads and even probably debuting in commercials by the end of this year. That's right, I'm calling it out. You are going to be seeing AI video in full-length commercials, and you may not even be able to tell the difference. 179, we feel that Gemini Ultra may steal some of the thunder when it's released here uh, shortly. You know, supposedly it's going to be released here uh, this week, uh, but we do think that GPT-5 will be so far ahead, right? Because um, even Gemini's middle model, their pro, was testing under GPT-4, which is, you know, 18 months old. So, uh, we do feel that Gemini Ultra, once it is fully released in the wild and benchmarked, it is going to be very impressive. But whenever uh, uh, GPT-5 technology comes out, um, it will, I'm not going to say it'll make uh, Gemini Ultra useless, but it will be much more powerful, presumably. At least that's our take. All right, 180. Wall Street, Wall Street hates employees and will continue to reward enterprise companies who cut jobs and invest into AI. 181, prompt engineer was a hot job of 2023, and we see these jobs as being hot jobs in 2024. The head of AI or chief AI officer. So we see those roles being uh, much more commonplace and being um, really, I'm not going to say popular, but I'm going to say needed, right? Because yeah, prompt engineering, um, whatever you feel about the term, you know, everyone is going to be doing some sort of prompt engineering in their role. But I think uh, it's very important for larger companies. If you have a C-suite, if you have 50 or more employees, you should have someone in charge of AI. It's not everyone's job. It is everyone's job, but you need 
you need someone overseeing it all. You can't just throw this on your IT uh, IT team or your CTO. You need someone who is just in charge of AI. 182, U.S. schools and universities are doing an incredibly bad job at readying students for the new AI-first workforce. Here, I will say this. I'm talking the middle 80%, right? Because there's the 10% that are ahead and crushing it and doing the right and responsible thing by changing their curriculum on a dime. Then there's the 10% who literally are still banning it. I'm talking literally everyone else in the middle. All these schools, all these universities are doing a poor job. Because number 183, the workforce will not be able to find enough qualified workers trained on AI. So they'll hire underqualified applicants because of FOMO, right? They're going to put uh, applicants out, you know, AI, gen AI skills are the most in-demand job skill out there right now. Yet, our colleges and universities are not teaching this across the board. So what does that mean? That means that our businesses are going to suffer. Our economy is going to suffer because of colleges and universities and their archaic thinking. Yeah, I had to, I had to sneak a little bit of a hot take in there. Uh, there's people out there doing it correctly. Universities out there doing correctly. You know, I'm even, you know, working, working on, uh, you, you know, some AI uh, programs and certifications with some um, universities, but so many universities are dropping the ball on this. 184, generative AI can be more creative than humans. Yeah, you're not going to like that, creative people. You're going to argue with me. I did an entire episode on this. It can be more creative than humans, period. 185, some of the most underutilized areas for Gen AI are ideation, consultancy, data analysis, and competitive analysis. Those are my picks. Uh, I think those are huge wins. Aside from like meetings, right, and, and emails, I'm saying uh, kind of more um, more creative work, more work that you would uh, think that a Gen AI system couldn't help in. Uh, those are areas, ideation, consultancy, data analysis, and competitive analysis, huge. 186, AI will create chaos and crazy amounts of disinformation around the 2024 election cycles. Y'all, I've been saying this since last year. We've seen a couple small splashes. It's going to get bad. It's going to get bad probably next month with the primaries heating up. But when the general election comes, come September, October, November, you're going to be seeing, hearing, and reading things every single day that you are not, you're going to believe that they're true. And so many of them are not going to be true. It's, it's going to be bad. All I'm saying is as individuals, you need to be very vigilant about what you're sharing, what you're reading, what you're believing, um, because it's very hard uh, to decipher between what's real and what's fake. 187, no meaningful U.S. legislation that is far-reaching will be passed into law before 2026. That is a little bit of a hot take, but it's not going to happen. Right now, generative AI uh, is too important for the U.S. economy. So if we talk about the Magnificent Seven, those are you know the big uh, big uh, mega cap trillion dollar companies, right? Or you know trillion dollar companies here in the U.S. This is why there won't be any meaningful U.S. legislation because any meaningful U.S. legislation, US legislation would likely thwart their growth, right? And you had essentially big AI tech was responsible for more than 70% of the S&P's gains in 2023. So whether you want to admit it or not, these big tech companies that are focusing on AI are propping up the American economy. That is why there will not be any meaningful, actual legislation, I think, 
until 2026 or after. 188, Gen AI could add the equivalent of 2.6 trillion to 4.4 trillion to the global economy. So different studies show different estimates. 189, US investors injected $170 billion into startups into 2023, which is actually down from 2022. Interesting point there. Uh, 190, 75% of generative AI users are looking to automate tasks at work. That's what the overwhelming majority of people want to do is they just want to automate tasks, which is great. But again, think of those other categories that Gen AI can really help in. Uh, ideation, um, problem solving, consultancy, data analysis. It's, it's more than just automating tasks. 191, Gen AI can help you automate the mundane. Yes, it can. So then you can focus on the meaningful. 192, there are dedicated Gen AI programs for just about every aspect of work, from research and analysis to writing and designing. So yeah, as an example, if, if you're an accountant, there's Gen, AI, there's Gen AI tools for that. If you're a lawyer, there's Gen AI tools for that. If you're you know in financial restructuring, there's Gen AI tools for that. So uh, people a lot of times just think, oh, I have to go make you know, chat GPT work for me which is not a bad move, but there's there's different tools out there. You just have to always be careful about the longevity of whatever uh, company or tool. If it's a startup, you should be especially careful uh, because at any point they, should, they could shut down. 193, 73% of people are concerned about their organization not offering sufficient training and education. 194, 72% of organizations lack the skills to properly implement AI use. Again, some stats we talked about last week. 195, stop following these billy boys online, these 20-year-old chat GPT experts. Here's why. Their prompts don't work. They're just, don't buy, don't buy a prompt book, please. I'm begging you. Um, you need to understand how to properly use a large language model and using other people's copy and paste prompts is not the correct way. I I tell people like this, this is how important it is to learn proper prompting. If you were 25 years ago, if someone was to come to you and say, oh, you need to learn how to use the internet. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. I need to learn how to use the internet. How do I learn how to use it? Oh, well, here's, here's a spreadsheet and here's my 10,000 uh, links that show you how to use the internet. No, you, you learn the internet by using it. All right. So you are not going to learn generative AI. Or you're not going to get much out of chat GPT if you're just relying on people's copy and paste prompts. That's not how large language models work. 196. If you aren't already using Gen AI in your job, you likely will be by the end of the year. Yes, Gen AI is coming to the operating system. It's already here in Microsoft Windows with Copilot. And we will expect, you know, I think iOS for Apple is going to be first, but I do expect uh, similar Gen AI capabilities to come to the actual Mac operating system as well. 197, here we go, our last couple. AI is coming for a lot of jobs. You don't want to hear me say that, but that's the truth. That's the reality. So stop paying attention to the BS saying of AI won't take your job, someone using AI will. That's crap. That's crap. Um, because that person using AI that will take your job will also take five to 10, 15 to 20 other jobs, all right? Yes, new AI jobs will be created, but however, the, the AI job creation space, at least in the short term, 
is not going to be anything like the number of jobs that AI is going to disrupt. I always tell people, follow the leads of what big tech companies are doing. Right now, they're investing all of their money and all of their people resources into AI, while at the same time laying off tens of thousands of people. This is just in January, all right? So that's not to scare you. That's to say the best way to grow your company and to grow your career is by using generative AI every day and exploring it, all right? Yeah, now we're getting on, you know, on my uh, old man, old man Wilson shaking the fist. If you made it this far, if you're worried about what AI is going to do to your company, to your sector, to your department, to your own job, the only thing that you can do is use it, use it daily, push the boundaries. All right. Because if you do that, if enough people on your team do that, if enough people in your organization do that, if enough companies within your sector do that, you will still grow. You will grow, but you have to push forward and you have to lead in using these tools. Look at that. Y'all, I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger because for some reason, my last two slides did not export, but don't worry. I got 199 and 200 for you. That's kind of funny. Uh, all right, so 199. Apparently, the, the maximum uh, slides you can upload is 200, and I had a title slide. All right, so 199. Uh, the best way to do that, the best way to keep up with generative AI is right here. Tune into our podcast every single day. Turn into our live stream and ask questions. Read our newsletter every single day. Right? I tell people everyday AI, it's like a free generative AI university. I just got a nice message from someone this morning that said, hey, like what the content that you put out has helped me grow uh, or is, is helping me launch my startup. Um, and thank you for all those messages, by the way, people, people that reach out. But that's the best way to do this. Every single day, tune in. We bring you experts. You ask questions. You learn. You grow your company. Grow your career. All right. And then number 200. You know what? Let's see if I can do this here. I do have it up on, uh, there we go. See, I had a backup, kind of. All right, so number, there we go, there we go. All right, so number number 199 was the best way to do that is tuning into our podcast, live stream, and newsletter. I know some people, it's like if, if you see the slides up through 198 and I don't show you the last two slides, you're going to be like, oh, no. All right, and last but not least, number 200. Together, we'll all outsmart the future with everyday AI. That's what we're all about here. We're about helping you grow your company and grow your career with generative AI and doing it all together. That was it, y'all. I know this was a super long episode, but there you go. 200 facts, stats, news pieces, and hot takes about the state of generative AI today to celebrate our 200th show. Thank y'all so much, not just for tuning in to this very long show, but also thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your messages, your emails, your ideas, right? Like, y'all, we like we spend so much time listening to you all. Like, tell tell us what you need. I literally started Everyday AI for all of you um, to help you understand. I don't think that that AI um, skills and AI education should be marketing, right? It shouldn't just be for one big company or it shouldn't be full of 
um, you know, upsells and, you know, like all of these, these marketing schemes. I think gen AI education is something we all need. I truly believe, unfortunately, at least in the short run, gen AI is, is, is going to be disruptive in a bad way. But I think that together we can all learn and grow together and rebound. Uh, all right. So if you haven't already, make sure to go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for that free daily newsletter. Y'all, thank you so much. 200 episodes. Can't wait for the next 200. Thank you so much. We'll see you back tomorrow for more Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.